For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody inside the Celtics Life Podcast. I'm Mark Allison here with my man, the Doctor Justin Quinn. Uh, this is our little trade line deadline special. Uh, kind of wrapped everything up uh, over the last couple days. We've got some uh, our takes, anyways, on on the moves around the NBA, um, especially in particular one that may have some huge implications for the Celtics with the Anthony Davis staying in New Orleans. Um, we're going to get into that in a sec, but. Here we are recording this on this gloomy Sunday after a horrible, horrible loss last night. Uh, the Celtics took on our old pal Doc Rivers and the Clippers, had a 28-point lead. Kyrie went down with a sprained knee. Um, awful, awful things last night. And that's coming off of an, another awful loss uh, with the Lakers and our old pal Rajon Rondo hitting his first game winner of his career at the Garden against the Celtics. Uh, it's been a... You know, coming coming off the high of AD staying in New Orleans, and then uh, these two losses, Justin. What's uh, what do you make of these two games? Well, my gut is like everyone else's. I'm pretty sure, and that I, you know, like when the Rajon Rondo game winner happened, I talked myself into it's only one game in the grand yeah. scheme of things. It's not mm-hmm. a big deal, right? Right. Finally yeah. got a game winner in the garden. He deserves it. Good for him. If anyone else had beat us that night, I would have been ripped pissed. And then it happened again. And, yeah. yo, Marcus Morris had some words after the game, and some people were taking it in some kind of way. And I have – it's for me, it's actually had the opposite effect. There was a time, and I think you remember this, when we, we talked about Marcus Morris in very early pods in the history of the podcast – uh, about bringing him on, uh, or either of the market, the, the, the Morris brothers. Um, and I was against it because I thought that, you know, that, that famous, you know, tech drawing, super aggressive uh, attitude would be a problem for Boston. And, like, right now, I am ready to get Keith on this team in free agency because if we could get anything 
even vaguely like the attitude this man has, uh, I think it would serve us well because right about now he is spot on saying that we are playing with no joy and we are a bunch of individuals and it sucks. It sucks to watch. It sucks for them to play. Mm -hmm. Uh, Something's got to change, man. And, you know, like hopefully, and he said it can and it should be able to start somewhere, uh, hopefully here. Cause I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't give a shit what happens in the postseason if I have to watch three months of this shit. Yeah, I mean it's. Uh, it, I, I mean last night's loss. I, I can, like you said, the L.A. one, the, the Lakers one, and they're both L.A. ones. Um, mm. it, it was, it was a little, you know, it was one game. LeBron James is on the other team, so you know, you say to yourself, well, I mean, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's not a, it's not the they're worst bad. thing that could happen. I mean, it sucked being that it was the trade deadline day and all that and whatever. But you know, Rondo hit the shot. I, I can get over that. It's a loss. Um. And even if we had lost last night's game, I, I, I you know, it wouldn't, I also wouldn't have been the end of the world. But to blow a 28-point lead at home, um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I watched it. It was like watching a car wreck in slow motion. I, it, it was just really, really, I mean, Kyrie getting hurt on top of it. Um, it was just, it was definitely, I would, I would chalk that up as the worst game of the season. Just because they were yeah. playing so well in the beginning of the game. And then to just flip a switch in the wrong direction like that. And I just, they couldn't get stops. They, they couldn't hit shots. It was well, just they could, they didn't. Mess. They could, they did not. And that's the problem. They, they, they stopped respecting their opponent. And like I was saying last night in our, our group chat, they may be a bad team, but they are not a bad team. They have right. all good NBA players. They right. don't have any great ones. You can't play around with teams like that. And they do that all the time. And it's just, it has to stop or this season is going to be lost. Yeah, no, I, I I agree, thousand percent. Quick aside though on the Clippers, I mean, is you know they they've kind of got the youth movement going on over there. Um, what do you think about Doc Rivers? Do you think he's going to be there next year? Like, do you think they're going to see how he plays with these guys the rest of the season? I think that's going to be a big part of it. Uh, it also depends. You know, they moved a lot of pieces to try to open up two cap spa- or two spaces in their cap uh, for for Max, like one tier two and one tier one, or a tier three and a near tier one. Uh, mm-hmm. Max, Max free agent. So they have big plans. Uh, I think they have a fairly decent chance of, of bringing in somebody on the level of a Tobias Harris. Wait a second. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, yep. I don't know. I could be wrong. They could be, they could be completely right about getting Kawhi Leonard. Uh, if that happens, uh, in the, in the summer, then I think, you know, Doc's a lot to stay. If they don't get their guys and they just kind of bring back somebody on the level of a Tobias Harris, they can't bring him back, I don't think. Right. Um, but if they bring somebody like of his, like maybe say Jimmy Butler and I don't know, uh, Vooch from Orlando, uh, if those are their, their signings, it would not surprise me if he leaves. He might stick around. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to find a better job anytime soon, but it could happen. So, anyway, so we were talking about the trade deadline before. Um, that's what we're really going to get into now. Um, but just to put it in perspective, even though the Celtics did lose these last two games in, in horrific fashion last night and really bad fashion the other night, put it a, a level down, but bad. Um, they still won nine of their last ten before that, right? Only lost to Golden State. I, you know, I mean, as bad as that game was last night, I'm still not ready to jump off the cliff. I think... You know, there's still some time to sort this out. Uh, I thought Hayward looked really good in the beginning of the game last night um, on a positive side. Um, and then no one looked good He's in the game. So, I mean, I'm, you know, whatever. Take that for what it is. But, um, 
you know, a little perspective there, um, especially to some perspective with, uh, well, actually, here's a, here's something. So AD stays in New Orleans, right? Um, you know, that would essentially put the Celtics in the driver's seat to acquire him in the offseason. Um, I think we all kind of expected him to stay there. Um, does this change? How many people's opinions change seeing games like last night? I mean, I had a friend text me this morning and say, oh, I've, you know, I've been arguing with him all week about whether we should trade for AD and break up this group. And so he was like, oh, I'm, I'm on board. Trade whoever you want for him. You know, like after watching that, I mean, how much, how much of seeing that kind of stuff, you know, really ramps home that we need a guy like him? It's hard to argue against that uh, just because, you know, I've been banging the horn of, of people's potential for a while now, and I'm getting kind of sick of it. Uh, mm. I love these guys, you know, I really do. Yeah. But you got to meet us halfway and be a little more consistent, not necessarily stars. I just mm-hmm. need y'all to be consistent, consistently average players at least. Your first, you know, your, your your first, second, and third year players coming into the league. I, I don't necessarily expect all star performances out of y'all, but at the same time, like, and this goes to Brad too. Like when when people are hanging their head, they need to have a seat. You know, if you are in the game, then you don't need to be in the game. So mm-hmm. this is making it easier for me. I will admit it. I am <laughs> <Yeah. I'm, laughs> not in the 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 place yet where I, I am advocating trading for everybody. I, I understand that regardless of whether I would like to see these guys grow, and I would, uh, it probably makes more sense to make the Anthony Davis trade if we get some kind of an assurance that if we do well, at least, doesn't have to be a contract, but if we do well, like if we make the finals at least, that we will get another year. Right. You know, I think that's about the best kind of a guarantee we're likely to get. I could be wrong. He got a guarantee out of out of KD when we were hearing very similar things when that process was going on. People saying, oh, no, the deal is off. It's not going to happen, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I was convinced it wasn't going to happen as much as anybody. I'm sure you were too. I, I'm not going to use the same exact lens here, but, you know, we never know what's going to happen. And like Danger Cart published an article earlier in the week, uh, it may not even be the only thing that we are trying to to work on. We might be trying to swing a deal with KD as well. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's not necessarily even something that is in motion. But it's just mutual interest from reliable sources. Uh, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, and we probably won't know until it's falling on us. And we have we have several months to go now. So at this point, I think the things that we should be focusing on is how we play each night. So. Whatever happens with the team, mm-hmm. the people involved go to the best possible places, uh, whether it's on the team or on another team. Uh, and what are we going to do in the meantime? Right. Yeah, win some games, hopefully. Um, one one quick thing on the on the AD deal. I know a lot of people are hesitant to give up Jason Tatum because of you know he's obviously um, looks like he's you know a bona fide star in the making. Right. Here's mm-hmm. the thing. Um. Jason Tatum, I, like, what's best case scenario? You know, he's what, like, top five player in the NBA, right? So, trading a guy for a guy who's already a top five player in the NBA, who's a you know a few years older, but we're not talking, we're we're talking what four years, five years? Um, he's still twenty. What eighty is going to be twenty six for next season, right? We'll have at least four or five seasons of top notch play from the guy. So I think that yeah. the, the what you're getting out of it is pretty clear here. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, it's you're, you're getting what you want your guy to be. So, I mean, I, I just don't understand. And my other thing, too, is if, if you know people don't want to put Tatum in a deal, well, all these other pieces are going to have to be in there. If you're not, Tatum's not in that deal, obviously you're losing all those good picks, which is fine. I don't care about the picks at that point. Um, yeah. But if you're trying to keep some of your other good pieces, um, it's probably in the best interest to put Tatum in the deal and keep some of those guys like Marcus Smart. Um and, and keep him out of that deal, right? I, I don't know. Well, That's you, just my You, you my need thinking. those pieces. No, you're very right. right. Because, like, you got to get rotation pieces who can stay on the floor right. uh, on the second unit. Right. And, like, yeah, you'll get some buyout guys. You'll get some, some vet min guys who, who just, you know, want to extend their career and put a ring on their resume. But that's not going to be enough to fill up the whole roster. I mean, we yeah. can see that right now with Philadelphia, yeah. who just gutted their entire roster, uh, except for Simmons and Embiid, really, of quality anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, no offense, to, uh, Redick, you, your future is not with this team for much longer than a season or two. Right. Um, you know, so, I mean – they're taking a massive risk, and, and frankly speaking, I don't want to do that. I lived through the 90s, yeah. and we did that before, and the shit did not work. Dominique. Um, uh-huh. yeah, so, um, uh, and, oh, okay, well, we got to get to this, because I blogged this the other day on the trade deadline. Um, coming out of Brian Windhorse on ESPN, um, Davis, the whole Davis-Lakers saga, apparently... The Lakers and LeBron James and their whole camp is under the impression that Davis, um, that New Orleans and Dell Demps never had any intention of actually dealing with the Lakers before the deadline. Um, and basically they were just, they, they basically sabotaged the Lakers roster, excuse me, um, by, by by basically leaking all of the players that the Lakers were going to put in the deal, which was like three quarters of the team. Um, Mm-hmm. And, and so you know we had like the, we had the awesome chance from uh, the Pacers fans the other day. LeBron's going to trade you the day before the deadline. Um, awesome, awesome stuff. When Ingram was at the line, uh, we, we had the um, um, the video of LeBron sitting way across the bench on the other side. Rondo was sitting on the other side of the coaches rather than sitting next to LeBron. And this was over for over like five minutes. So um, you know whatever. It's it's interesting. My 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 take was that Dems had told them he had no intention of trading him before the deadline, right off the bat. Yeah. Boom. Then all of a sudden the rumor mill started going crazy. Kyrie got thrown in there. Um, he's going to leave Boston. They're trying to almost sabotage like the Boston idea that he was going to be any chance that he was going to trade to Boston. He's not going to resign there. Blah blah blah. We got his dad coming out and saying the Celtics are a treacherous people. Whatever. Did anyone ever think there was never any real movement with him going to the Lakers before the deadline? I mean, those guys, some of those guys are talented. I know Topher, we were talking about this with him, and he thinks differently than I do. I don't think any of those guys on the Lakers are, like, stars. Kuzma looks like he might be a really good player. Ingram, Jury's still out. And I think Lonzo Ball's been uh, mediocre at best. He's been injured so much, it's real hard to tell what kind of a player he's going to be. Yeah. I mean, he could be anything from a wash to, a, to an all-star. It's impossible to tell. Yeah, and well, He's got to play enough games. Right, and and here's with the Celtics, with whatever players it is they get from the Celtics, take, like they're actually going to get some legitimate first-round picks that could be high. 
If you make that deal with the Lakers, they don't have any first-round picks aside from their own. You trade Anthony Davis to the Lakers, and you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the team. Your Those first-round picks you're getting from them are basically second-round picks. They're going to be at the end of the first round, right? We're looking 28, 29, 30. You're not... You're not getting value there in terms of getting young guys. So you better really like the players that you're getting back. And if you don't have guys that you're getting back that you can build around, I mean, they would basically just be the mediocre Lakers that they were before LeBron was there if they made that deal, right, with with Drew Holiday. So I don't know. Maybe the Pelicans with LeBron James. Yeah, exactly. So – and there's just my my rant on that. I, I think uh, I think the the Pelicans made it very clear that they weren't going to make a deal with them before the deadline, and yet Lakers tried and tried and tried, and you know that's where we end up. Your whole roster now hates LeBron. So good good on you guys, LeBron James. Good on you guys, LeBron James. Yeah, he 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 has he had some he learned something this week, and that on court prowess does not necessarily translate to all other aspects of the NBA. I mean, so far every other thing he's tried his hand at the GMing, uh, all of that, like where, where he does have direct impact on the future of the organization he's trying to work with, then, you know, he, he does have an outsized influence, but when it's, when it's dispersed, it's, it's not the same. And he, he found out that, when, when his interests are diffused in the interests of others, he can't exert the same kind of influence, particularly in the case of New Orleans, who does not like the way that, New, that the Lakers have dealt with him during his tenure and before. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they don't want anything to do with it. So right. that's why we lost, really, because he was freaking mad, and they were freaking mad, and they took it out on the Celtics, and, uh, you know, that's what hey, happened. That's, that's what happened. So, uh Let's take a look at some of the moves around the NBA, the rest of the deadline moves, particularly the ones that really are going to affect the Celtics since we are a Celtics podcast here. Um, Philadelphia made some big splashes here. Um, They dumped our boy Markel Fultz um, to Orlando. Um, For Jonathan Simmons. Yeah, so, I mean, hey, good for him. Fresh start. Um you know he's he's you know he's got a he's got an opportunity to uh, play in a small market and, and rebuild himself there. Um, they got Simmons back in the deal, really, good shooter. Um, nah, no, not this year, not this year. He's shooting like three, but 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 hundred uh, right. But 20. I mean, this you know um, historically he's been a, a, a solid shooter. Um, he's 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 been terrible this year. He's actually been one of the worst defenders in the league. He's fallen very hard. That was a clear downgrade to get off of his contract for next season, mm-hmm. I think. Um, they did make some moves that will help their bench. We can, we can hold off on the, the big move, but uh, they did pick up Ennis uh, for basically nothing, which I think kind of makes up for that. Ennis has not been as good of a defender as he has been hoped for in Houston, which is why they were okay to let him go just to save some money. Uh, they picked up uh, uh, Richardson. Um, um, uh, I think they waived him. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, so realistically, the main thing that they did uh, was was the Harris move, which they also got uh, Boban and uh, Mike Scott for uh, Shamit, who killed us fucking last mm-hmm. night. Uh, Shamit was a monster, uh, right? Yeah, and uh, that 
on paper will make them very good in the playoffs, maybe during the regular season too. Their, their starting lineup is as good or on par with any in the East and many in the West. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but the thing is, like Harris, um, Jimmy Buckets, uh, JJ Redick, basically everybody but Embiid and uh, Simmons and the the the, the uh, younger Simmons uh, in their their starting lineup is going to be a free agent, so they better hope this shit works. Yeah, right, exactly. That's uh, They basically went all in on this, and, I mean, good on them. If they think they can come out of the East and get to the finals, why not take a shot? Um, but, I mean, we'll see. That, that's a, they, they, it was quite a gamble. Uh, and we had um, uh, Toronto getting Marc Gasol for uh, Jonas Valencius, Valencianus. I don't even know how to say that. Sorry. <laughs> Dion Wright and CJ Miles um, and a second round pick. Um, thoughts on Gasol going up north? Well, I think what we saw last night is probably a good indicator. He's not a good fit for the roster construction in terms of minutes, not in terms of fit. He's a great fit in terms of how they play. Mm-hmm. Uh, having having his, his passing in the post is going to be great for them. But the problem is, how are they going to play him? His defense is too bad to play in the starting unit, and he can't really, you know move Ibaka out of their starting lineup. So, like, what do they do with him? And that's, what they did with him was kind of use him as a super six man last night, and he was kind of effective, but they, they almost lost to the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a strange... I mean, that wouldn't have been my first choice of landing spot for him. Um, I think there's a lot of other teams that could have benefited more from him, but, um, you know. Connolly was the choice in my mind for them, because he would have made them freaking lethal. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, that remains to be seen. Um, Milwaukee added uh, sharpshooting big man, Meritage. Um, that, you you were raving about this. You thought this was a great move the other day. <laughs> it's not indefensible. We still have a chance. I'm not panicking mm-hmm. yet. Uh, we all know that Marotic's defense is suspect at best against our front court. Mm-hmm. We can run circles around him. <clears throat> so we, we still have a blueprint. Uh, the problem, though, is going to be the, how the spacing opens things up for Giannis, uh, who is going to murder teams that are, don't have the tools that we have, and hopefully still have knock on particle board. Uh, <laughs> that that you know, because I mean, we we have a couple of guys, Al, and to a lesser extent, Chemi, who have proven fairly effective at slowing him down on the way to the you know, not stopping him, but slowing him down on the way to the cup, but. You know, I mean, for just about everybody else in the East and several teams in the West who they could end up facing, uh, he's going to be a real freaking nightmare trying to stop when you have Marotic bombing from beyond the arc. And how about, for not for so much a, a contending team or anything, but um, the Knicks made maybe the biggest deal of the, the deadline, uh, flipping the unicorn, Borzingis, um, sending him over to Dallas for Dennis Smith Jr., DeAndre Jordan, Wes Matthews, Two first-round picks, uh, and then going with Porzingis over to Dallas, we had Courtney Lee, Trey Burke, and Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, that's kind of a wild, out of nowhere, um, of all the deals, that was probably the the, the craziest. I mean, uh, that the Knicks are just ready to move on from Porzingis already. They look better. Yeah, I mean they, they look they look pretty good. I mean, you know, Dennis Smith Jr. He he needed to change his scenery, just given that um, you know he he wasn't getting the the ball like he needs it in his hands. Um, and obviously, New York's looking players. for a star, so uh, you know, top ten pick. Uh, there's a kid they're going to give him a shot to uh, handle the ball quite a bit over there. Um, 
yeah, I mean, it's uh, definitely a big shakeup for the Knicks. Uh, and uh, Knicks fans seemed uh, kind of mixed about it. I mean, there was, you know, I, I think if you'd said this last year that they were going to trade Porzingis, they would have lost their minds. But uh, he's been injured quite a bit. Um, you know, what, 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 what do you think long term for this? I mean, it's probably a good idea. He he has anemia, and he just tails out by the end of the season, large part, I think, because of it. I'm not a doctor, obviously, but I've heard rumbles to that effect from, from people closer to the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the multiple lower body injuries in a big man, uh, that's just frightening as all get out. I mean, even if he just starts playing the five exclusively and doesn't have to be so mobile, it's still going to be an issue. I mean, you can make an argument that the five is – his natural position, but like, yo, you need him to play like 60 games a year consistently, at least for him to warrant a max contract. And he's going to warrant one when he comes up for one. So, I mean, for, for such a, a large investment with such a high level of risk, like his ceiling is still pretty high, but I mean, it's not that high and like top 10 player, maybe at best. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his, his floor is real low. So I, I get the, the risk mitigation there. Sell high while you can, um, Smith looks like it could work out for them. I mean, Jordan still has some good years left in the tank. I think they're going to keep him, and they're going to try to use him to dangle uh, to bring a certain Kevin Durant uh, and possibly a Kyrie Irving. Uh, I have to kill them, but whatever. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how exactly. I think I think we're going to have to wait until the end of next so this coming summer uh, to really be able to tell whether this is actually a good idea or not, if even then. Mm-hmm. And so uh, some of the stuff out, out west here, we had um, the, obviously the Clippers traded Tobias Harris to Philly um, in that six-player deal. Um, they also traded our old pal Avery Bradley to the Grizzlies uh, for Garrett Temple and Jim Michael Dreen and um, traded Mike Muscala to the Lakers for Beasley and Ivaka Zubak. Um, so they they were obviously busy on, on uh, <laughs> heading into the uh, – Deadline. Uh, the Grizzlies moved. We already spoke about Gasol going for Valencius and Wright and Miles. Um, they also made that deal for Bradley. Um, what do you think? Bradley's a guy that they're were they, were they simply moving a uh, you know contract around, or do you think it's somebody that they want to build around? Uh, I think the 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 Grizzlies are interested in Bradley because they know that he's dealing with a groin injury, mm-hmm. like. Now, this is why I said that the moves that they made weren't as bad as some people thought. They thought that, that we were losing our draft pick from them this year for sure because it's protected, yeah. a lottery protected. Mm-hmm. But they might actually – they might have a shot at making that team with, with Doc as their coach just because Bradley he, – he's had like a, 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 a 6 PR all season because he's been playing through this groin injury and he's – He's just not been a good player in any way. So getting Garrett Temple, who by himself is a much better player, and then Jamichael Green also it made the clips better. But I think, you know, having Bradley's bird rights, the assumption is if he just rests a lot, that they might be able to get a really good player on a good deal, mm-hmm. you know, because of all the, 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 the question marks hanging over. And it's, it's a good gamble for them. They're in a position where they can afford it. And they love defense, and that's something that Avery is known for. So good fit in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um. Shelvin Mack got cut loose to the Hawks uh, for Tyler Dorsey, and he's a guy, I think, if we don't end up getting uh, Mook's brother, that we could look at for, for, for using that roster slot that on the one move that we did make uh, on the deadline, which was, was sending uh, Bird 
uh, Jabari Bird to the Atlanta Hawks also mm-hmm. uh, for cash for cash considerations uh, that we give them is just basically to eat his deal in case he doesn't get his contract voided, mm-hmm. uh, which is a smart move for them. And then they get a heavily protected second, but we get that open roster spot. Uh, you know, I mean, we could pick up Zach uh, Randolph, who was uh, dubbed by the Kings with Justin Jackson for Harrison Barnes, who's been eh, whatever. But I mean, you know, they got something for for pieces that weren't doing much. Um, you know, a couple other small moves, but you know, now we're talking about that open roster spot. Um, maybe we should just jump down into some of the some of the guys who are available. Yeah, so Justin's compiled quite a list here of uh, potential buyout candidates, guys that are likely to be bought out uh, in the coming days. Um, before, is it the March 1st? Is March 1st the uh, deadline? That it is. Yes, all right. So, um, well, we already we already talked about uh, the other Morris brother, uh, Markeith. Um, that would obviously be... Uh, that, I, I mean, we talked about this the other day, and I, I that's ideal to me. He gives us a little edge there. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's, does a lot of the things that Marcus does, but he's also, um, different in, in ways, you know, he's, uh, he's got more of a presence inside, um, he's got a little, little, little grittier, um, it it would be a a different edge, uh, it would, I would love to see the two of them on the floor again, um, uh, these two guys go back to, then they played at Kansas together, and then they both played at Phoenix together, uh, for some time before parting ways, but, um, yeah, I mean... The minutes argument gets right. brought up, but, I mean, look at us now. You know, I mean, we could use him right now, yeah. and we could have used him a couple of weeks ago when Al was having issues. I, well, we're, I think we could use somebody who is okay with 10 minutes a game mm-hmm. on average for the rest of the season, which is what I think they could get him. The same problem comes up with when you talk about, like, Enos Cantor, mm-hmm. uh, whose defense is so bad, you couldn't even think about putting him on the starting unit. Yeah. But I mean, I could see a way that he could get us boards and offensive putbacks and whatnot. Yeah, um, my my thing with him is he reminds me a lot of Greg Monroe. Not not necessarily in the way that they play, but in what they would bring to the team. And that you know, the Greg Monroe experiment didn't quite go that well last year. Um, no, it didn't. And that's a fair argument. I don't really have a comeback to yeah. it. But there's not there's not too many other impact guys likely. Mm-hmm to be bought out that would be okay with what they get. Jeremy Lin is a name I've seen floated around. It doesn't look like he's going to get cut loose unless he asks for it, is what I hear. Um, I would think he would rather play, you know, 10 minutes a game for the Celtics as a combo guard, but, you know, I'm not him. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe, I mean, is is, I don't know. He's a free agent, I imagine, um, this offseason. Did he sign a one-year deal down there? Uh, he has one 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 season remaining, I think. Uh, okay, so I mean, you know, maybe he's trying to showcase himself and get more minutes. But um, I agree with you. I mean, you would think a guy's been around for a little while now that he he'd want to play on a good team after all these crummy teams he's played on. Um, then we have a similar with Robin Lopez. Yeah, uh, Wes Matthews. Um, it, we, we you you wrote if still unsigned. Was was he talking to one of the teams? Yeah, he was rumored to sign with the Pacers almost immediately uh, upon. Uh, being traded, but as far as I know, it still hasn't happened. So that means he's entertaining. He's entertaining offers. Uh, I, I could easily see him. He's been linked to the Warriors. I could see them sucking him up too and cutting somebody from their roster. Uh, that would that would really suck. I mean, he wouldn't get very many minutes, but uh, he would be a very good fit, and I think he would be a much more natural fit than he would be with our roster, who is so win heavy that we just have nowhere to put him. 
Kaminsky would fit a similar role. Uh, super useful on offense, but he's terrible on defense. I mean, but he's a five who can shoot. Ellington can really score. Wayne Ellington. Well, he'd probably only get uh, about 10 minutes also, uh, which may not be enough for him because he's he's getting older and he wants one more big check, paycheck. I mean, 5.3 million for two years is not that much worse than he could probably get with a wider, uh, with with more cap space in the NBA this summer. But uh, he's been tied to the Detroit Pistons. Uh, It hasn't happened yet, but uh, I don't expect him. Kind of a similar situation with Deadman, Dwayne Deadman in Atlanta. They sound like they're not going to release him. Um, One intriguing guy that was brought up is Pau Gasol, uh, who has not been, you know, officially in discussions to be bought out, but there's some pretty general consideration that they may be looking to shed his salary so they don't have to pay him, I think it's like six more million next season. I don't think he would have a lot of value uh, in terms of salary matching the summer in an AD trade, which is something to consider for all of these guys. But, you know, if you keep him, then you could ship out some of the other big men on the roster in a pinch if you had to. Uh, I think he'll still be able to play some spot minutes next season. Maybe he won't necessarily be what he could be this season. But, I mean, it's a long way away, so there's still some value there. Beasley, I think, is another name, Michael Beasley, uh, that I think could work. But, I mean, I could see some, you know, he's he's definitely one of the people who was, you know, raging pissed after being rumored to be in the Anthony Davis trade package uh, that you were speaking of. You know, he's he's definitely been kind of a big mouth in a bad situation before, so there's something to worry about there. But, I mean, besides him, there's not really anybody else, I think, that that fits, that has been floated out there. Like Zebo. I mean, you never know. He, he surprised us uh, last season with his ability to play, but, you know, he's a year older. Uh, Chandler Parsons could be a big surprise, but he could be uh, a horrible, horrible player like he has been since he hurt his knee. Uh, fuck J.R. Smith forever, and Melo is almost as dumb. So We are literally at a position where, uh, collectively, working in harmony, we can do most of the things that, um, uh, and take the responsibilities, which in the past have been attributed to the great deities of the past. Now, just to put things in perspective here, uh, after the last two... Uh, horrible losses for the Celtics. Uh, uh, on the other side of that, they did win 10 of their last 11 games, five wins sandwiched on each side of a uh, the, a, a great game against the Warriors, which we ended up losing. So uh, coming this past week with the trade deadline smack dab in the middle, we had a nice win over Oklahoma City on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, they beat Cleveland on Tuesday night, which uh, obviously Cleveland is Cleveland now, but still a win nonetheless. Um, then we have the two awful losses to both the Lakers and the Clippers. So now with uh, Kyrie's knee, um, he's got day-to-day now um, going into um, Tuesday night against Philadelphia, which uh, could be a game to get them right back on the track and, and back in the good graces of fans playing against this revamped uh, Philly roster with the additions that they've made and Harris and whatnot. Um, then it's a back-to-back with Detroit the following night, which is a no slouch of a team. So my guess is that Kyrie plays in one of those two games. May Hopefully we get to see him against Philadelphia on Tuesday. Um, I would guess he's probably going to rest on the other side of the back-to-back with the me, but we will see. Um, then we've got the All-Star break. Um, that remains to be seen if Irving will be a part of that or what's going to happen um, over that stretch. But the... 
the Celtics uh, certainly could use the break to regroup after these losses. Um, hopefully they get two wins going into there. And then we've got Milwaukee and Chicago on the other side of that. Uh, that Milwaukee game um, Thursday night, February 21st, uh, followed by Chicago on the Saturday night. So uh, interesting stretch here. We've got two really good teams coming up. And uh, I think it'll, it'll it's going to be important to see how the Celtics respond after the two losses in L.A. Well, two L.A., I should say, both in Boston. Um, but guys, don't forget to check out the links at the top of CelticsLife.com. We got a huge variety of shirts and hoodies in our store, and you can even get tickets to the next game in that heading. You can find the pod on Wooshka, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and most podcatcher apps. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate us five stars. If you don't like something, don't give us a bad rating. Tell us how to fix it. And you know, if you want to do that, just take any Celtics Life article. Or go on Twitter, use the hashtag CLPOD, because as regular listeners know, we are always trying to bring you the Celtics coverage the way you want it, the way you like it. Take care. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.